1: It's time for Warriors this week. Brought to you by Oaks Card Claw. Play smart, play at Oaks. Why not? Here's the Now, here's Sean Dickinson. We welcome you in. Matt Snyman
3: with me as well here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors this week. The inaugural edition for the 2019-20 NBA season, and Steiny, this is a huge day for the Golden State Warriors, goes without yes, saying, is. the first game tonight uh, at Chase Center, the Lakers in town, preseason game number one, and we are broadcasting live from the Warriors shop at Thrive City, which is right here uh, on the grounds of Chase Center, so a big day ahead, And, uh, we're, we're happy to be a part of it here for the next four hours.
4: Yeah, it takes me back to when I had to write a paper in high school or college. And, but I needed a theme. I needed a theme for my paper. And I think we can all agree the theme this year for the Golden State Warriors is going to be everything is different. I mean, everything is different. And I really got a sense of that, uh, this week, starting at Media Day, just coming into the new facility here, the Chase Center in San Francisco. Uh, it will not be a Warrior season like we've been used to. Uh, they're not going to be as good, most likely. They're going to have a lot of different personnel than we're used to seeing. They're not going to be without Clay Thompson, who's who's been a, a fixture uh, on this team for almost a decade now, uh, at least for the first fifty-five games. So this is really going to be a year of adjustment for the Golden State Warriors. We, we don't really even know what kind of team they're going to have this year, how good they're going to be. So uh, there's going to be a lot of getting used to, and that goes for the players, too, because they're basically, they've all changed their routines, and they're walking in this week to an entirely new setting, a new situation, and it's going to take the team uh, uh, some time to get used to. But well. Change can be exciting, JD.
3: Yeah, it can be exciting, and I think you know the regular season for this Warriors team is going to be, in many ways, more exciting from just an evaluation standpoint compared to where this this team has been the last few years, where everything was ready made, right, and all the conversation was about uh, can they win a championship, right? And so a lot of what you would see during the regular season you would just throw out the window. Right. It, just, it almost didn't matter. A bad game here, somebody doesn't play there, and an injury mixed in uh, as well. And it was all geared toward, well, what's it going to matter once he gets to April and May and even June? Now I think the conversation shifts with all of the change. And look – you almost have to throw Clay Thompson off to the the side because he's right. coming back from an ACL injury. We'll see Clay at some point around March first. It sounds like. Uh, so you've got a new backcourt at least initially with Stephen Curry and D'Angelo Russell. You've got. Uh, Just a myriad of players that are going to attempt to play small forward uh, for the Warriors. With Kevin Durant now gone, uh, Draymond Green has been signed to a a contract extension. And the center position is very different than it's been in recent memory. And there's already some injury concerns just in the first week. With Willie Cauley-Stein being down uh, for at least October and probably the early part of November, with him scheduled to be reevaluated at the end of October. Kavon Looney had a little hamstring issue that doesn't sound serious, but Alan Smilagich is somebody that uh, the Warriors were probably going to count on uh, to play, uh, you know, to at least see what he's got, and now he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. So uh, depth maybe coming into the year is of concern, and the Warriors are already a little shorthanded, and they haven't even played a preseason game yet.
4: Yeah, there's been a couple times this summer where... It's kind of hit me how different things are, and then it hit me again this week when you come to Media Day for the first time in decades, and it's, it's not where it, it's usually been in Oakland. It's over here. And sometimes it hits you really hard. And, and the one stat or the one way to describe it where I realize this thing is completely different and it will be completely different is when I think of this. The Warriors will start this season, J.D., without five of their top seven players from last year. They will not have Kevin Durant. They will not have Iguodala. They will not have Livingston. They will not have DeMarcus Cousins. And they will not have Klay Thompson. When I think of it that way, J.D., then that kind of hits me like a a cold bucket of water. You look at that and you're you're thinking, goodness gracious, this is going to be... Vastly different from from, uh, past years. But again, it's just all a matter of how you approach it. You you can't win every title every year. Um, So I think this year is going to be about let's figure out how good we are now that everything's shaken out. And then once we see that, we can try to improve for the year after this upcoming year by knowing what we're going to need in the future. Maybe, maybe that's what we're looking at here.
3: Well, one of the things that uh, we were talking about this, I think, July 1st when yeah. the free agency hit, and you know, I started looking at it, and, and you and I disagreed on this a little bit, but I said, Boy, you know, Stine, I, I I'm looking at this year. And what they may have, and you make the trade for D'Angelo Russell, and and you, you like him as a player, but but he's got value probably around the league uh, where other teams in in different you know situations of their growth would want to take on a talent like him at some point down the line. So I started looking at this season almost as twofold. It's you see what you got, but you maybe are in position with a trade exception with D'Angelo Russell, uh, with you know maybe a. a a better draft pick than the Warriors have had in, in recent years, even if this team makes the playoffs. And I said to you, I almost like the twenty twenty one Warriors right. in terms of competing for a championship or the twenty twenty two Warriors in terms of making another run depending upon how they, they set themselves up this season. Uh, and again that doesn't say that doesn't mean tank. That right, doesn't mean right, right, right. you're you're intentionally trying but it's just You it's,
4: gotta find out what you are.
3: But you just you have to almost in a way, use this year as a break, a and you know a transition from what you've been to but what, not a total break. But what you want to become,
4: <laughs> right? But not a total break because you still think you're going to have your core a year from now. That now you can pepper in players around.
3: I just have a hard time thinking championship. That's this probably year. the way, yeah. This, this year. year, but oh, I, but I, I, but I do too. I, uh, I do too. But I don't think as we sit here today on October 5th of 2019, I, I, I don't think it's crazy to think the Warriors could be a championship contender in 2021 oh, I got you. I got
4: you. Well, the, but, I,
3: but I would not put them in that category right now, which I think, you yeah, you say that and you probably get other words, a little resistance. You probably words, get a little pushback.
4: Right. In other words, what you're saying is, hypothetically, I'd give the Warriors a, a, a 1 in 10 chance to win it this year. But next year, even though I'm not even sure what they may be like specifically, I'd give them a six-in-one chance. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I want to just kind of go back to when Kevin Durant left, when uh, when that happened, the team's decisions. And, and you and I had kind of gone back and forth on this. And I'm not sure I felt overly strong one way. Uh, but so Kevin Durant decides he, he wants to go to Brooklyn. And, and out of nowhere, the Warriors get D'Angelo Russell. Now, it came at a cost. He's going to make 30-plus mil a year. But... There was another way the Warriors could have gone at that point, and that was to uh, allow Kevin Durant to go to Brooklyn, and then you can bring back Iguodala. You don't have to do anything with him, and obviously maybe try to squeeze another year out of Livingston. The problem with that, and I thought that might not have been the worst way to go because it would have maintained a lot of your salary cap flexibility or, or more of it than ended up happening you know, in a year or two, but... The reality of the situation, J.D., is if you don't get D'Angelo Russell in here, let's say there is no D'Angelo Russell, and you don't have Clay Thompson for 55, 60 games, you are looking at a team that will have – that. now that I look at it, the roster, how would that team score? How would a team that's putting out there Steph Curry, Draymond, Looney, Iguodala, Livingston – who else? I mean, how is that team going to score? Um, so they bring in D'Angelo Russell. They can start the season with two twenty-point scores and at least firepower. At least shouldn't be a something they, you know, they they've got some firepower. Well, is what and I'm you saying. had
0: to
3: have it
4: exactly. You exactly. had to have
3: it, and and it takes a little bit of pre- I mean, it takes a little bit of pressure off of Stephen Curry. And mm-hmm. look, Stephen Curry. I, I'm not of the belief, and we'll get into this coming up maybe in a little bit more detail because I think it's a big storyline for this team as we start to unpack what's ahead of them this season. You know, this is a year in some ways that I think many Warriors fans have been looking forward to in the sense of, you know, Stephen Curry's going to get judged. And again, I say that while also saying I don't think he has anything he has to prove as far as his career goes but he's going to be judged a little bit more like we've seen maybe James Harden or Russell Westbrook be judged in the past because he's not going to have Clay Thompson riding alongside of him for a good portion of this season. Because Kevin Durant is gone, uh, it's going to be on him, even with D'Angelo Russell in the fold, to, to carry more of the weight to be. To be used more, to, to score more, to maybe be more dominant yeah. uh, this year, and, and and try and maintain efficiency as well, which I think isn't going to be easy. No,
4: it's not going to be easy. But at all. I also
3: think there's a certain set of Warriors fans that's thinking, let's see what let's see what Steph can do with the wheels, you know, with the training wheels off a little bit, or that you know built-in context of having such a great team around him to where everybody can kind of share it, and he can still get his.
4: Yeah. I'd be a little worried about that, uh, to tell you the truth. And the reason is, you know, we say, well, maybe he's going to be a little like Harden now, a little like Westbrook. There's one difference, and that is Harden's been playing that way now for a few years, and his teammates have been playing with him like that for a few years. Ditto with Westbrook. When you play with Westbrook, I get it, Westbrook's on the same team now as James Harden. But last year in Oklahoma City, Westbrook's teammates knew how he was going to play. If, if you look at Curry, he's going to be playing with a new team. So it's one thing had he come back and it would be him, Clay, Draymond, and I do think Clay's obviously a huge part of this. But it's going to be Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, he's never played with before, Draymond, who's still not an offensive player, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein slash Looney, neither of whom are, are, are big offensive players. What, what I'm getting at is that... If they're even going to play that way, they've got to figure out how to play that way with Steph Curry handling the ball more. But the one thing I do believe is uh, I, I think I think you almost have to stagger Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. Not as much as you can, but a lot. Because you, I don't know that you can play with both those guys off the floor.
3: That's going to be very interesting. Because, I mean, obviously they're both going to start. Right. You'd think Curry and Draymond Green are still going to play the first and third quarters together. Right. Uh, or you'd go back to something like that. I know Draymond wasn't necessarily because he would he would go out and then come back in. Sure, Russell goes out, but but you're right. To what extent is it a is it a three minute is it a couple of three minute rests for D'Angelo Russell? Is yeah. it a six minute rest for D'Angelo? Like it's going to be tough, and they're going to have to find offense uh, from other areas. It triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It is Warriors this week. Uh, we are going to be joined at ten thirty by Connor Letourneau of the San Francisco Chronicle and also at 12.30 by Mark Medina, uh, now of USA Today, and now covering the league and the Western Conference more as a whole. Uh, He's going to be in town for the Warriors, taking on the Lakers tonight at Chase Center. First game ever uh, at Chase Center. We are live at the Warriors' shop at Thrive City. Uh, Your phone call's coming up uh, and more conversation here on 95.7 The Game.
1: Back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, the
3: Warriors shop at Thrive City, which is right here at Chase Center, uh, with you until 1 o'clock. And, and, man, this place is cool just it, looking around.
4: Well, it's uh, it's enormous, first of all. It's the flagship store of the team on the site of the Chase Center. A lot of stuff going on here. And there's also uh, the Hooptopia, which is an interactive uh, place where the kids can go and and adults, too. But uh, the one thing they have here, J.D., it's pretty cool. Uh, You basically, it's called personalization. You can personalize your own jersey. So you can pick among four, five jerseys, pick your own number, pick your own name that you want on the back. And, yeah, it could be Steinmetz 22 or whatever. Or it could be... Green thir- twenty three, which is his real number, right?
3: Or if there's, you know, because you, know, you, you can look, you can come in here and you can get a Curry jersey, Correct. you can get a Draymond jersey, Correct. you can get a Clay Thompson jersey. But you know what? Let's say you want a Glenn Robinson the third jersey. Let's say you like him, yeah, and you want a Glenn, you can you can or the Warriors make a trade for somebody in the middle of the year. You can get one. You yes. can get you can get their number with their name, and and you can create that jersey that they may, you know, may not have you know, fully stocked.
4: Yeah, or you could you could. Make a, a shirt with uh, somebody else's last name and give it to them as a gift. I mean, it, you can do virtually anything. And also, it's not just jerseys, JD. They have, uh, it's called, uh, what's it called? Direct to Garment, which is when you can pick any piece, whether it's a sweatshirt, whether it's a T-shirt, uh, whether it's a jacket. And you can put anything you want any place on the apparel. So if you want to put a shoulder patch on of yeah. something, you, you can. You can it's just, you you make can your Design own. your own. You can you can design your own like hooded sweatshirt, for example, Very cool. uh, with as much stuff or as little stuff on as you want. And they can they do that right here, like right here. You say what you want, and then you'll have it before you walk out. So it's. Be wild, man.
3: Very cool. So yeah. they'll be open at ten o'clock. Stop by, say hi. If you're making a day of coming out here today for the <laughs> inaugural game uh, at Chase Center, uh, preseason game number one, make sure you stop by and say hi. We'll be out here till one o'clock, and then the game uh, tipping at five o'clock tonight. Uh, between the Warriors and the Lakers. So get here, make a day of yeah. it. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of these five, and in the regular season, right. 5.30 starts on the weekend is it gives you the perfect opportunity to get in in the afternoon, make a day of it, and then hey, the game's going to end about 8 o'clock. you still got time to, to hang out in the city a little bit afterwards too.
4: And one of the things I want to throw out to the listener today at 888-957-9570 and kind of make it just kind of a common theme question uh, for the whole show because I am interested in finding out what people's expectations are of this team because, I mean, honestly, I look at it and I I, I can't pigeonhole it. I can't uh, specifically predict what I think out of this team. Is it a 35-win team? Well, that seems low. Is it a 45-win team? That might seem about right. Is it a 50-win team? Yeah, that seems a little high. My 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 point is is I really don't know what to expect this year, and uh, I'd love to know what the what Warrior fans think uh, of not and and the the reason that it's not an easy question to answer is yes, guess what you have to factor in uh, the Clay Thompson situation that he's going to miss over half the season. Is he going to come back? If he comes back, when is he going to come back? If he comes back, where's the team going to be sitting uh in terms of the standings at that point? So I just I'd love to get a sense of what fans are thinking heading into this year in terms of the expectations of this team that's won three titles in five years.
3: Eight at you gotta tip it off with Charlie, right? Oh, the new season we tip off with yeah, Charlie, yeah, yeah. our first caller here on Warriors this week. Uh Charlie, you're on 95.7 the game.
5: All right, guys, let me just catch my breath. Good morning, guys. Um, Real quick, I agree with everything you guys are saying. As a fan, as uh, as Matt and you guys know, last year was a a Debbie Downer for me. Just the stress of the team. I'm going to just treat – I have no expectations for this team. I I think they're about a 45-win team. I think they're a 7th to 8th seed and potentially even not a playoff team. My biggest concern about the team – they obviously have the few all stars and 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 the offense, but their defense, I think, is going to be to um, uh, use a big word, stinky. I don't know right. how they're going to be up, up against some of the, so, especially some of the big boys in the West. You don't have Clay there till March. Uh, Curry, as you know, is not a great defensive player. Russell has, uh, being in New York, he, 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 he was never known for his defensive right. Tennis. You got you got Draymond, but all those other guys, uh, so. They're going to out, outscore a lot of teams, but ultimately, I think they're about a 43, 44, 45 win team. And I think I think this year is a long audition. Uh, and next year, I think this team is going to be turned over again. And I, I agree with JD. I think they're going to be pushing a uh, deep playoff run to you know next year, not right. this year. Thanks, anyway, Charlie. Guys.
3: There's just so many new faces, and it's just trying to figure out what the I mean, identity of the team, I think, is going to be. That That's going to be a little right. bit different, no but doubt. it's also fitting, I mean, D'Angelo Russell, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson, Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole. I, I mean, I, I'm looking, you know, Smiley Geach when he's healthy, Amari Spellman. I mean, all of these are new players.
4: Yeah. And I, you, know, you know, That, what that I'm... are
3: unfamiliar with what the Warriors have tried to do the last few years.
4: And when I told you before that what hits me a lot of times is when you realize they're missing five of their top seven from last year, think about who they lost. I just want you to think about perimeter defense. When I throw these names at you—Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, and Clay Thompson—those are four above-average defenders. They're all gone. And so there's no way to expect this team's going to be near what they were defensively. Last year, they were 11th, and now that was year five of a long run. We know when they needed to push it up, they could probably be one of the better defensive teams. Here's a
3: scary thought yeah. real quick, because you're saying, well, there's no way they can be better defensively, and, right. and there's a loss defensively. Well, how could they be as good as they were offensively?
4: I, I know. I know. And and sometimes you start thinking about that, and you do think, well, why is there any optimism Really, when you get down to it. Well, you know what? There's optimism for a few reasons. And number one in 1A is Steph Curry. I mean, he's proven he's that great of a player. Number two is Draymond Green. And number three is you still got an ace in the hole. You know, you, maybe you're going to make a mid-season a- acquisition essentially when Clay Thompson comes back. Uh, and maybe you found a little nugget in D'Angelo Russell. Who knows? Uh, we haven't talked about Looney. You expect him to continue to get a little bit better for sure. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, the firepower has been diminished. They There's no way you could come into this season uh, thinking that the team is is better, either offensively or defensively. So how do you maximize what this team's going to be? I think that's what Steve Kerr's job's going to be this year. And also, how do you incorporate some of the young players that are going to have to begin to, to put a mark on this team? And if, if, if it's true that this year they need to figure things out and maybe the year after this year is when they're going to be able to take a bigger step, well, you're going to need to know the one or two, maybe three young players that you can take with you uh, two years from now to grow this team. You know, is it, is it going to be uh, Jordan Poole? You know, can, is he gonna be able to play for this team two years from now? Not next year. He's gonna get some playing time next year, uh, but can he help you win two, three years from now? That's what they gotta find out.
3: Yeah, Eric Paschal, I think, yeah. is the same thing. Like well, no doubt. what's the what's the level that he can contribute now and is he a piece of a future championship team? Eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. That's where Bleacher Dave and Oakland checks in. Bleacher Dave, you're here on 95.7 the game.
6: Yeah, not that baseball season ended Wednesday, I'm back, baby. Um, I'm wondering how I'm gonna feel about being in that building. Am I gonna be subject to like a celebration of San Francisco today for a mythic San Francisco pass that never was for a team that didn't make any marks over there? Or, you know? I'm, I'm con- highly conflicted about how that's gonna go down. What, what, what's your? Uh, what's I mean, your, how's that arena looking over there?
4: Honestly, bleacher. Thanks for the call. I mean, look, the the, the arena is pretty. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's a new arena. It's it's incredible, and it, the, the whole structure is incredible. And he, here's the bottom line: whether you think uh, Joe Lacob and the Warriors have done enough or not, they clearly are trying to continue to market the team as the Bay's team. At least right now, um, they've done a lot of things to continually to include oakland in the east bay i listen i i live in oakland i get it i'm it's a little bittersweet for me but it is across a bridge there's still only one pro team and it's in the bay area and so i'm kind of 50 50 on it but how are they going to honor the oakland and all those kind of things I mean, I was at the facility. Um, there's all you know. There's all that stuff from the past. There's also going to be the Warriors. What is it going to be like? The Walk of Fame? They're going to so they're going to they're going to do what they got to do to to honor the team and its history in Oakland. No doubt about it. Uh, it's just going to be an adjustment. It's going to be an adjustment.
3: eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Look, the Warriors have created a they've created a gathering place for war. I mean, this is yeah. an unbelievable gathering place for warriors fans right like you know, it, it doesn't matter where it is it's it's gonna be awesome and people are gonna like it i mean if you you come out it, it's you, you can't not like
4: it right once you're out here it's pretty it's pretty amazing it, it really is it, i
3: mean the thrive city area which we're we're at right now the, the the team shop the arena you got i mean things and this look two years from now there's going to be even more going on right five right. years from now there's going to be even more going on i mean you, you build a place like this for the next 50 years
4: you would think <laughs> you unless, you're, unless you're unless it's in atlanta right <laughs> then it's every 10 years with the baseball stadium oh, or whatever it is yeah how about that yeah how
3: about that uh couch potato is next here on the phone lines couch potato you're on 95 seven the game
1: Hey, listen, I'm looking for you guys to back me up on this one. I was reading a recent article about the Lakers uh, and their closing five lineup. Now, listen, let's flash forward to the playoffs. Let's say that uh, the Lakers are better than expected, number two seed, Warriors number seven seed. Now, check it out. Here's their closing five. Anthony Davis, LeBron James. You've heard of those guys. Then we've got Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Avery Bradley. Now tell me, folks, against a, a lineup of Draymond Green, Willie Cauley-Stein, Klay Thompson, D'Lo, and Steph Curry, come on, man, let's get real, folks.
4: Well, I think for did they trade Kyle Kuzma the Lakers?
1: Kuzma is out indefinitely with a foot injury. Okay, but he'll be oh, back okay. in the playoffs,
3: right? You're you're talking playoffs.
1: Great, great. Okay, great. So you got Braun, Davis, Kuzma. Alex Caruso and contagious Paul. I think you're forgetting Rondo, too. Yeah, right?
3: Rondo might be out there, too, at the end of the game.
1: Well, they're talking about the bench group. Now, watch out. Scary bench group. Here's this. Green, Rondo, the great Dwight Howard, Troy Daniels, and Devontae Kay- Kayock. Who the hell are these guys? So,
4: so it sounds to me, Couch, like you think the Warriors can get right back there.
1: They're gonna. Hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but, man, I'm telling you, They'll take down the Lakers, no problem. Five or six games with that lineup. Seriously, let's get real, people. All right, couch thanks,
3: potato. Potato. Thanks for the call. I think the bigger question is: Will the Warriors be? Can the Warriors do enough in the regular season to get to that point? It's like a good, th- that good point. That, that's what I keep coming back to when you start looking at: Well, can they make a run? Right. I think if they're good enough. All year to to win forty five to fifty right. games then i 'll say yes, I think they can make a run and Clay Thompson comes back in right. march and he 's healthy and he it looks in the month that plus that he 'll play in the regular season like hey it 's Clay Thompson, no ill effects right if you 're telling me you 're going to get that and you 're telling me that this team is going to play well enough to earn a six seven eight seed forty five to fifty wins in the western conference <laughs> then I, then I at that point will say they 've got a shot, but the bigger question for me is. How does it all come together to where they're good enough to be in that position?
4: Here's here's the problem with – or here would be my argument against Couch Potato. I'm not saying it's not possible he's right. But there's a chance that if you start the series against the Los Angeles Lakers and they're the two seed and you're the seven seed and clay has been playing 20 games, there's a chance they'll have the best two players on the floor. LeBron James and Anthony Davis may be the best two players on the floor. And I do not mean that as a slight on Steph Curry, as if to say he's below certain players in the rankings. But what I'm saying is, in a situation like that, where those guys have a full season under their belts, it's very possible that they would go into that series having the two best players on the court, and they'd be on the same team. Uh, And they they would be a, a favorite in that regard. So... Uh, the, the, the thing I'm thinking more and more with the Warriors, especially without Clay Thompson, is I think they're going to have some trouble scoring. And, and we know they're not. And I mean, you, I mean, you kind of said it. It's impossible logically to think they're going to be better offensively or better defensively. So they're going to be worse at both ends of the floor. So what does that mean? How many wins? I, I'm not saying it's 35 wins. I, I think if I had to, my expectation would be, to do what the safest thing would be, and to me, the safest thing, I look at this team and say, mid forties. That's what that's what I would say.
3: I would say forty five is forty five. For some reason, it's been the number that's just popped into my head since July. And it, but it's forty five with the belief that Curry and Draymond Green are going to be healthy. Right, D'Angelo Russell's going to fit. The rookies are going to be playable. See, I think, I think and and, and you are going to be relatively healthy in other areas, which you already, I, I'm already five days in. Uh, Coley Stein's right. going to be out, and and Looney's a little banged up. Although it doesn't seem like it, it's going to threaten any regular season games for him, and it, so that, but to me, it's it's forty five if it, if it all kind of clicks, and then Clay Thompson comes back.
4: And I think that's where some Warrior fans would differ from you and me. They would say, well, listen, if 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 Curry and Draymond are healthy and Curry has a pretty good year, Clay comes back, he looks relatively la 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 la, la. well, I think that's a 50-plus win team. I think that's what a lot of Warriors uh, fans would say. I think that's a little high, even for all that, but I could see how if you're looking at best-case scenario with the Warriors, yeah, you probably think this team can get to 50 wins. I, that's not outside the realm of possibility, but again, it's you're right, I think a lot has to happen, and, and I think you have to have a a diamond in the rough or two that you don't know like hey you know what
3: hey, pascal's a good jo- player or
4: or or you know what jordan Poole helped us win a few games you know what i'm saying right then maybe you're, you're talking higher than that but i think conservatively i i'm thinking mid-40s that's what i'd be thinking
3: john dickinson matt stein we're out at chase center the warriors shop at thrive city we're here until one o'clock taking your phone calls right now triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero give us your expectations for this warriors team so much change but you still got number thirty. You still got Draymond Green, and you still have Klay Thompson coming back at some point uh, in the regular season. Although I, I thought, you know, just you know, Bob Myers right out of the chute on Monday at media day, we'll, we'll have an update for you at the All Star break. So right away, that that couch is January or early February or anything like that. He he, pretty much at that point, with the All Star game being, I believe, the sixteenth of February, said. That's it. Like, it's actually, going to be right around there at the earliest. I actually
4: like that they did that. I really do. And the reason is, and you know why they picked that date? is because it's essentially nine months after when the injury happened. And nine months is the low side, the low side of coming back from that kind of injury. So they are basically just saying, what we're going to do right now is rule out unconditionally nine months that he's coming back early, period. End of story, and I kind of like that well, to tell you the truth, because you know what, you you and we know this. If there's somebody who could come back early, it'd probably be Clay. He's but, just d- got but that, that body. doesn't mean this Thank- is
3: the right year to tease exactly, that.
4: Exactly right. To test that. Exactly right. And I think you know what. I also think it works from a strategic point of view because you know what, if the year doesn't go as well as the Warriors have hoped. Then you're going to maybe ask yourself the question, is it worth bringing him back at all? Let's say if there's 20 games left and you've had a bumpy season. I don't know. I still think
1: there would be,
3: but it... And just to, again, assuming he's ready to go, sure. I think there would be a value in,
2: even, if it, was, even if it was
3: 10 games or Maybe. five to eight games, you just knock the rust off a little bit. It's yeah. a lot like you know, baseball. You know, you get a pitcher that'll have his Tommy John surgery, and it'll coincide with, well, he can be back in September. Well, having four or five starts in September to just go through the process of that, that that's big. Then you almost come back the next year 100% clean.
4: Well, how about this? Maybe he wants to come back 15, 20 games because, as he said, he wants to play in the Olympics. He wants to play in the Olympics, so maybe he wants to get a little, you know, loose and and unrusty for that first. But you know that, and that's the other thing. Um, you know, it might be kind of a tough pill to swallow that Clay Thompson sits out most of the year for the Warriors and and plays in the Olympics. You know that that that. That'd be an interesting scenario, oh, be, and the, and the it'd Warriors, nice
3: work. It'd be a nice workup, though, to well, get him.
4: And what I'm also saying is, the Warriors have always said to their players, "If you want to play, play." Now, that's one thing where they're they've been really consistent about that. If Clay Thompson and Steph Curry want to play in the Olympics, they 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 can play in the Olympics. There's no pushback from the organization.
3: I think the other benefit in just coming right out and saying, "Hey, the next update's going to be at the All Star break," is it it lets the team know. It, mm. it just it makes the statement to the team. Hey, this is the point you have to get to if right. you want to make a oh, run. I, yeah. Like it just it shows you that there's no, you know, help incoming. Right. You know, in January. Right. Or, so you, to me, it, it tells everybody you got to fight. You got to play buttoned up. You got to you got to win some games right. without them. To right. to warrant his return being meaningful, right? Uh, and I, so I I think it's better to have a team just know they're going to be without a guy for a specific amount of time, rather than the oh could it be December? Could it be January? Could it be early February? You know, now you just you're basically saying he's not playing till March,
4: right? You know the other thing I was thinking about that's going to be a really difficult uh, thing I think for some some Warrior fans is this is going to be the first time in I think four years where they're going to look out on the floor on any given night and say, we don't have the best team tonight. The other team on the floor is better than us. That You could not say that the past three years. The Warriors always had the better team uh, on the floor. So that's going to be another adjustment. The Warriors internally are going to have to deal with kind of a confidence issue because they don't know how good they are right now compared with some other teams. Um, without Clay and with all these new players. So, uh, to me, I look at this as exciting. I really do. I'm excited for this year because it, you just don't know where the chips are going to fall. It's going to be different, but I think it's going to be exciting.
3: Let's get to Scott and Berkeley. Scott, you're up next here uh, on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Scott.
6: Morning. Morning, fellas. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Extending on the thought you just made, my, think, my problem is I don't see how you – Look at anything, knowing that when December fifteenth hits and you can start moving the guys who were signed in the in the off season, how anything shakes out. Because right. I keep going back, I keep saying this: Washington made the made the extension offer to Bradley Beal. Beal hasn't signed it. If he, they don't sign him by opening night. They're going to have to move him on. They're going to have to move him in the in the, dead, in the trade period. Um, I've said before. I think that I think if the Warriors have to do it, if the Warriors have the opportunity, they move Russell. It, and I don't mean it in a bad way. But I'm kind of a little bit of an old guy, so I kind of remember Bernard King for Michael Ray Richardson. Sure, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant for D'Angelo Russell kind of hits me that
4: way. Oh, I got you. I got yeah, you. No, it's I mean, I, well, and and thanks for the call, Scott. Appreciate it. December fifteenth, obviously, is when when certain guys can be moved. I don't know. I don't know that there's anything. I don't know that there is a plan, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, but I think the Warriors right now, their options are open. I think Bob Myers and and Joe Lacob and Steve Kerr, they have nothing predisposed right now. They're going to go into this year, and they're going to. Make decisions as the season moves forward. I think
3: they've been pretty open in saying they they want D'Angelo Russell. Right. They want to see how he is right. a part of, you know, can be a part of this. Like they, they view him right now as a player that they want as a foundation piece moving forward. It's
4: basically like he, he was there. He was the fifth pick in the draft. It, yeah, it's and not. Like, it, it, we got to see if this guy's really good. And
3: I've sort of viewed it like. Him is more of a trade chip. Let's get into that, maybe coming back a little bit. Okay. I want to ask you basically if you're buying that or okay. not. Uh, and we do have more phone calls, and we are out here at the Warriors Shop at Thrive City until one o'clock. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. More phone calls. Just taking uh, your expectations for this Warriors team as it all tips off tonight uh, with the inaugural game at Chase Center. It's JD and Steiny ninety five seven. The game.
1: Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game.
3: J.D. and Stein and you at 888-957-9570. As we are broadcasting live from Chase Center, and more specifically... The Warriors shop at Thrive City. Uh, just set to open here in about 10 minutes. We're going to be out here until 1 o'clock. Stop by, say hi. Um, if you're making a day of coming to the first right. basketball game uh, at Chase Center, which is going to be tonight, the Warriors and the Lakers. A 5 o'clock tip right here on 95.7 The Game.
4: Yeah, looking forward to it. When we're, we're, we're getting ready for a journey into the unknown. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different. And I bet you, if, if you give me $5... For every time I say different this year about the Warriors, then this will be my last year uh, in the Bay Area working because that's, what's, that's what it's going to be. Night in and night out. we got to figure out what this team is and we got to see how good they're going to be because it's it's really hard to tell right now.
3: 888-957-9570. That's where Mike in Daly City checks in. Mike, you're up next here on 95.7 The Game. Hi, guys. Hey.
4: Hey, Mike.
2: I had some thoughts about how Steve Kerr might want to handle the team this year. All right. Just from an effectiveness standpoint, making the playoffs, because I think there's at least 10 or 11 teams that are as good as the Warriors, talent-wise, at least before Clay comes back. Okay. And I think what you have to do is concentrate on, let's call it the bottom feeders, whatever you think the four, five, six teams are that are not going to be likely to make the playoffs. And try to beat them, you know, just like uh, a lot of the quote mediocre teams used to do. You know, you beat the New Orleans and the Sacramentos and the Minnesotas nine out of ten times and circle those games on your, on your schedule instead of circling the Lakers and the Clippers and the Jazz and the Blazers and whoever who are going to win, you know, 50 games plus all the time anyway this year. Um, just hope to split those games. I think it would be a lot better emotional attitude wise whatever you want to call it strategy for the Warriors right. this year to to focus on the bottom feeders and the east of course and and try to win those games and get 30, 30 35 wins from those teams alone and then maybe you can get to 45 or 50.
4: I got yeah Thanks, I can, Mike. No, I get what you're saying Mike and and I'm not saying that's not a, that's not a good strategy it's tough to tell a championship team you know, let's 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 put a little extra effort into the t- games well, we should win, and look, and we'll take our chances with the Lakers. I you do know? think
3: it's a it's a fair point, though, in, in theory, because I mean, the Warriors would you now they'd they'd take a bad loss sure. here, or there, a few more of them as each year right, as right. time went on during their their run and their reign of dominance. They really can't afford to have as many of those this year. But the problem is, they also aren't going to be. As dominant a team as they've been, right. so you're going to be more. You're going to be more. You're going to have to go all in on those games, and you're going to have to make sure you win them. I mean, Phoenix. It, the other thing is, who are the bottom feeders like that? I mean, right. I think Phoenix and Memphis are probably the only two you can say, okay, those teams are clear cut, not very good. Right? You know, the, the low twenties, let's say in terms of, in terms of wins. You know, but then you probably you know what's Minnesota and Oklahoma City? I mean, Oklahoma City still has Chris Paul. If if you took Chris Paul off of their team, I'd say they're a bottom feeder, and maybe they are anyway. Right. But you know, Sacramento, New Orleans, and Dallas think they're going to make the playoffs.
4: Exactly. Like that's exactly. the that
3: is the one difference. And so I I wouldn't. While I going into the year would say I don't think Sacramento, New Orleans, or Dallas any of the three will make the playoffs because I think the Warriors will still make it. I think the Lakers will take Oklahoma City spot. Just looking at it going into the year. Those teams still think they're going to make it and and have a shot to make it. So I wouldn't call Sacramento or New Orleans or Dallas bottom feeders. So how many bottom feeders are we really talking about at that point?
4: Well, I mean that's that's a great question. I mean, uh, there's always going to be a team or two that's a little better. Yeah, that's a little better than you think. I, I think it's possible that Dallas still isn't good. I think it's possible Memphis isn't good. I think it's possible Minnesota takes a step back. Um, you expect the Pelicans to be better. Uh, the Thunder might might be in for a long year. Phoenix, I still don't see it.
3: And Sacramento, in many ways, is, is almost the perfect example of what we're talking Sacramento may not What'd
4: be... What did they win last year? Like thirty nine. 39. So I mean,
3: Sacramento may not be as good as they were last year in terms of wins and losses, but they also exactly. may be more apt to beat the Warriors once or twice. Right. The Warriors won all four last year, but barely. Right, and that was right. when the Warriors had their guys, and they barely won. And you know the, the the Sacramento teams are they're going to be up for the Warriors still, thinking that they're you know really close no to doubt. to maybe taking their spot if, if things don't go well. So the Kings may not be as good, but they also may be more apt to beat the Warriors. I mean, that was a four and O last year. So yeah. if anything you, you lose, you go two and two this year. That's two games to the negative when you start looking at you know year to year.
4: Yeah, and we had Mike Brown on, on Monday at, uh, Media Day. And I'm telling you, he couldn't have stressed patience anymore, um, if you'd have, if you'd have begged him to. (laughs) And it it really, listen, and and I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. Two years ago after the Warriors won their third title at the parade in Oakland, Steve Kerr, uh, came over for an interview and, we were talking to him about the regular season and what it was going to be last year, and he said, "Because you remember, it was kind of getting to be drudgery in Durant's second year, the regular season, how they kept motivated, etc." And he said, "Going into last year, we've got—I mean, the young players have to carry us. They have to carry us through the regular season, or at least really be a big part of what we're doing." Well, guess what? It never happened because no. no, the young players did not step up. So I think now. And but but last year Steve Kerr had to bite the bullet and say you know what okay these guys aren't going to be able to get us through the year so we got to rely on the Curry's and the Kds et cetera et cetera this year there's no sense in rely there's no sense in not making the young players show what they have because you're not going to win sixty games you you might not think yourself uh, think of yourself as a championship contender to me I think the big thing is how do you Let's say Steve Kerr's committed. We gotta find out, uh, you know, about D'Angelo Russell. We gotta find out, uh, about Jordan Poole. We gotta find out about Smiley Geach and Jacob Evans. Well, if you're committed to doing that, that doesn't really dovetail with, well, let's do what we can to hang in it till Clay gets back here. And then when he gets back here, we might be able to make a run to the NBA Finals. I don't think you can do that if you're going to commit to your young players. You're going to take losses early in the season then that you maybe didn't expect to take or didn't want to take. So I, it's almost like if you're going to commit to playing young players, in a way you are saying, we don't think it's that realistic to uh, get in the eighth seed or, you know, get clay back and make a run it's
3: a lot to balance exactly it, it, it just thank all you. of it thank you it's yes. a lot to balance yes. it's it's how hard do you go with curry and draymond green right to win the games against the bottom feeders like right. the caller mentioned like how hard do you go to do that versus making sure those guys aren't overtaxing themselves for the future versus okay the young players are going to have to play now by default and that may mean that you take a few more L's than than you would have anticipated, but right. there's going to be a benefit down the line for doing that. Uh, so it, it it's tricky. It 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 really is. And, and then Clay Thompson at the back end of it is tied to all of it because I really think the Warriors have to be at a certain level to to make it fully worth Clay Thompson returning and trying to go full bore you know, at the end of the year. There's a difference between returning and using it as a a means to prepare for the next season right. and returning to
4: make a run. Right, those are almost two different things. No doubt. And and you know the one thing also is, what if, and it, you know, let's say they don't make the playoffs uh, this upcoming year for whatever reason. Well, you know what? Then at least you got a lottery pick. Okay, You've got a lottery pick, which you haven't had in ages, and you've got your mid-level exception next year, so maybe maybe you could make a case the, the, the best way to do it would be to slip out of it for a year, knowing that Clay's coming back at full strength and knowing you may have the number nine pick. And knowing maybe you can target a free agent, uh, that you can get in here for six million or whatever. And then maybe at that point you say, you know what? If maybe we can make the right trade with D'Angelo Russell, Uh, that is why this year is going to be so, that's, that's why I'm fascinated by this year because I can see this team missing the playoffs, but I can see this team being dangerous, uh, at the, at the right time.
3: Yeah, it could go both ways, yeah. there's no doubt. Let's uh, keep it moving on the phone lines, uh, and you are listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. On the phones, Tish in Hercules. Tish, you're up next here on Warriors This Week. Hey, Tish.
0: Hi, J.D. and Stiney. Thank How you are for you? My call. I'm so glad you guys are back on Saturday morning. As a true basketball fan, I can't believe how excited I am. I'm driving around doing my errands. I'm trying to be philosophical. So I'm wearing my KD shirt. I'm not (laughs) going to wear it to Chase today. Okay. But the point is, is that I feel, Stein, you said it. You know, this is in many ways more exciting than any season. I'm a season ticket holder, but I'm going to this preseason game today because I want to see what do they got. I yeah. only know the names and numbers of about five guys on our roster. So I'm genuinely curious to see what these other guys have. I'm genuinely curious to see the Western Conference because right. there are so many changes in our Western Conference. So, If you're a basketball lover, you've got to be excited about what this season presents. And to me, it's almost going to be like chess because there are going to be so many moving parts and so many strategies at play And then on top of it, we've got a nice building. I can't wait to get to a booth in the Modelo Club, have a margarita, and look over and watch the court from there. It's going to be fabulous this season. And I really don't agree with people who feel that the Warriors can be counted out. I don't mind if we don't go to the finals, but we're going to get to the playoffs or we're going to have fun trying to.
4: Yeah, you know, I, and I wanna, I, let me just throw this at you, Tish, because I, I wanna see if, like, you understand the day. So, in a crazy kind of way, I am more excited about this year than any in the last, well, Durant's first year was definitely gonna be exciting, but his second and third years, like, I'm, I'm looking more forward to this season than I have the past two. And, and it's, it's not because I, I'm glad that they're not gonna win it this year, they might not win it, it's just, we, we kind of knew what was going to happen the last two years. You know what I mean?
0: Anticipation. I remember so many games, I'd be sitting there, and I love my Warriors, but I'd be sitting there, and we're up by 10. And so I'd say to the person next to me, well, let's see if we can get up by 20. And then we get up by 20. I'd say, let's see if we can get to 30. Right. You know, that's the way it was. Yeah. Now we are literally going to be white-knuckled waiting to see what happens quarter to quarter. Right. To me, that's going to be really exciting.
4: I... I agree with you Tish. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening.
0: I'm like I'm
4: I'm with her. I mean, I'm with her. There's there's I I don't want to say the Warriors got stale because they've gone a 5 straight NBA finals, but they became predictable. How about if we say that?
3: What let me, what do you think of of this theory? Because I've Tish mentioned the Western Conference, and I, I just—I'm I, going to run all my theories yeah, by you yeah. today because we—we haven't done a lot of shows together in the last couple months. But I, I'm, I think I'm looking at it this way: I'm thinking, okay, all these teams in the West have two stars now, right? right. The Lakers have LeBron and and Anthony Davis. We're going to see them tonight. The Clippers now have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, Portland still has Lillard and McCollum. You could you could make a case Denver has what Jamal Murray and Jokic uh, at, at center. Utah is a little different. They may sure. not have two bona fide stars, but they have Donovan Mitchell and now Conley and Gobert. So I think between the three they have I think the equivalent of let's say two stars between the between the three players and maybe a little bit more uh, there. But uh, you know, Westbrook and Harden now are, are together. In Houston, you could even make a case that San Antonio has DeRozan and Aldridge, right? Two guys.
4: And they're getting Murray
3: back. Exactly. But right. the, but the, the, those two specifically... Sure. So you look at the Western Conference, and I, I may have left a, a team out, but all these teams have two stars. Do the Warriors still have more star power, potentially, when it's all said and done, if you have Curry... And Draymond and D'Angelo Russell fits and Klay Thompson comes back. That's the one case for if you can get to March and well, you're in it, do you have more star power still than these other teams in the West?
4: Well, and I think you're going to know what I'm getting at right here. To me, there's the, the player that is – and people might say, well, this is an insult. But when you talk about those players, I really think, well, where does Draymond fit in? You know, I mean – I don't like when you're talking about Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Paul George, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and let's just say to start, the Warriors are going Curry and Draymond. I don't know if Draymond is in that league, and the other thing is, is like one of the one of the reasons Draymond, well, Draymond's a great player. Let's just put that there. But you know what? This year, he's always had a luxury of not having to score. Whenever he scored, it's always been lights out because if Draymond scores. So I do think we're, I think Warriors are going to feel his not being able to score more this year clearly than in the last five years. There, there's just no doubt about it. Now, how much can he score and how much can he score efficiently? Cause if, can he get back to 13, 14 a game? I don't know. I think, what, what do you think, seven a game last year? Well, eight, he's going to have to score more. I think he knows he's going to have to score more. And I, think he right. right. more, and I think But he, that's
3: not his strength. It's not his strength, although have you seen his three-point shot at practice?
4: Not at practice, but I've, uh,
3: I've seen him working on it okay. a little bit. All right. That was one of, my, one of my wild predictions in the offseason. I think Draymond Green's going to come back and shoot the three better than he has.
4: Well, don't forget, the year before Durant came, he actually shot threes better than Durant. Uh, Durant's last year in Oklahoma City, and that year, what's the year, that would have been the year after Cleveland, he shot it at like 37%, 38%. Yeah,
3: the 16-year, the 73-win year, year. Correct. The 73-win yes. year. And so yes. I, I actually think the shooting and the scoring got to a point with Draymond where he was like, you know what, I I'm not even going to worry about it.
4: We got, You're right about that. We got so much.
2: You're right so, about you, that. There's
3: so many other guys, and Durant. You know, there's maybe some friction going on here about who's the, you know, who's the man, and all right. this. I, like, I think it got to a point. Maybe not even last year. Maybe two years ago, where Draymond, even even Durant's first year with the team, where he just, Draymond said, "You know what? We got plenty of scores. Right. We got three, maybe Hall of Fame, you know, actually Hall of Fame scores on but, this team. I'm not even going to.
4: But but that's kind of that's That's the other thing. I mean when when Draymond doesn't have to score that's when he's most effective as a scorer when he knows he has to score that's a different that's different and and then you start doing some things maybe you don't uh, normally do that I, I don't know what kind of scorer Draymond Green's going to be if he has to if he has to get you 12 to 15 a game can he do that 80 games or 75 games i don't know from Tish, we go to Robin in
3: the city. Robin in San Francisco, you're up next here on ninety five seven. The game, hey Robin.
5: Hey you
0: too. How you? What it do?
4: How are really? you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Uh, uh, hey. So listen, guys. I don't know about the rest of these people, but I'm not uh, excited uh, about this season. We sucked for so long that I was glad we was winners, and I wanted to be like the Yankees of the ba- uh, baseball, kick everybody's butt. Uh, I just get a little frustrated that uh, it seems like everyone. Um, it's so deserving that LeBron and Anthony Davis together, that all these other two, all these other teams with these combinations, which I think are a result of the Warriors.
1: <laughs> Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
3: Back clock at four. Doncic.